welcome to another episode of Special Advising, the podcast, No Parent Left Behind, the show that speaks to parents and caregivers on topics related to the world of exceptional needs and related educational services. If you crave knowledge and support in a low-stress environment, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, and I have 34 years of experience teaching kids and coaching parents, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, an outpouring of goodness, and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Health in these areas will allow you to be all you can be for them. Today, I'll be responding to the controversy manufactured at the expense of the visually impaired when Vice President Kamala Harris spoke on the anniversary of the American with Disabilities Act. Afterwards, stay tuned for a tip of the cap offering today's parenting tip in my Good News Community Share, where you'll hear some positive news happening in the world of exceptional needs and related education. So let's curl our toes in the sand and settle in for another win. This uh, young 27-year-old autistic woman the other day, and she was telling me that she has trouble sleeping. So she says before she goes to bed at night, she puts on Tibetan singing bowls and on her YouTube stations and listens to that and falls asleep to that. So I mentioned it to a friend who struggles sleeping, and for the past two nights, she's slept sounder than she's slept in a long time, she said. So I thought that was really cool, and I thought I might pass it along to you. Um, because I know that a lot of us suffer for sleep at night um, for many different reasons. So give it a shot. In this episode, I want to address a recent event that has stirred consternation, vitriol, and derision from some over a moment seemingly quite minor in relation to the event itself. I'm quoting now from Graham Wood's article in The Atlantic. On the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, Vice President Kamala Harris sought to accommodate the blind by stating what, to the sighted, was obvious. One convention meant to accommodate blind and visually impaired audiences is a brief self-description by the speaker. Other speakers at the event, all putative humans, did the same. That's all Harris was doing, giving a quick aid for the blind. Self-description is meant to be helpful to those who need it and unobtrusive to others. Similarly, we might thank Harris for pioneering a practice that all decent people will someday adopt, which is giving cursory visual self-descriptions to bring the visually impaired on a level with the sighted. My general rule for this podcast is to stay away from politics, and I will continue to try and do that even now as I speak to something involving politics. When it comes to supporting those with a disability, I feel compelled to join the conversation. The response to the vice president by fellow politicians, media outlets, and on social media has been intended to undermine Harris with abuse, mockery, and personal attacks. That's the way politics and cable news work today. So with that as a universal known, my intention here is to address what was ignored as the belittling took center stage. Now I don't care what someone's political affiliation is as long as they don't stand behind it as an excuse to mistreat people. And while it may not have seemed obvious to those caught up in a chance to score points that the blind population was being mistreated here, it is what happened. By focusing on the VP's words out of context 
there was a disregard for why she was doing it. And by playing to one's less mature instincts and competitive nature to take advantage of a sensed weak moment, the players on the attack completely ignored that what was being done in that moment was an accommodation for a specific group of people with rights to information equal to everyone. I'm sure the VP can handle herself, and that isn't the purpose of this podcast. Rather, I want to help promote what she was doing and why. As for those with a different agenda, by not focusing on the reason why she described herself by name, physical situation at the moment, gender, and the color and style of her clothes to a specific disabled group of Americans, this became an occasion for a political advantage instead of the recognition and reporting to those who aren't aware that it is appreciated and appropriate to describe oneself, just as Harris did, so that blind people could feel included. I can't be surprised that social media might reflect this kind of callous display because the field is wide open. But from the leaders of our country, whether you voted for them or not, shouldn't we want them to hold a higher standard of decorum? Perhaps we've stumbled too far and I'm grasping at the ghosts of a more congenial time. But it occurs to me that our children are growing up in a world where it is now commonplace to see adult politicians, leaders, and those in the media direct their verbal abuse and, in my opinion, immature descriptive derision onto those they disagree with, occasionally even calling for harm to come to them. It saddens me, and as someone who is a caretaker and believer in human rights for all, I'm once again disheartened. We live in a time where a politician, television, radio, and podcast personality can verbally destroy an opponent for a laugh and a that-a-boy from their peers and patrons. The VP, while at first seemingly overdoing it to those uneducated about disability rights and decorum, was simply displaying decency and respect. Shouldn't that be with a surprise that this descriptive ends? This was about showing respect to blind people and nothing more. Lydia X. Z. Brown serves as a member of the American Bar Association's Commission on Disability Rights as chairperson of the ABA Civil Rights and Social Justice Section's Disability Rights Committee and as a representative of the Disability Justice Committee to the National Lawyers Guild National Executive Committee Survival and Empowerment. In an interview on Brian Stelzer's Reliable Sources, she responded to this controversy as someone who was in the room with Harris. She stated, For blind people and people who have a variety of vision disabilities, Giving a visual description can help provide important context that sighted people automatically have. Many blind people benefit from this and ask for that accommodation. She further said that absolutely no one in the room was thinking much about it except to ensure that our conversation is accessible to anyone tuning in. This was a very basic practice of accessibility and inclusion. Lydia X. Z. Brown is one of my new superheroes. Certain opportunists lower the bar every day by looking for an advantage to tear down an individual or a group. It's born of many reasons, but I believe a significant one is being ill-informed. And while it may not be fair to expect that someone who's never experienced a disability, known someone or worked in the field with disabled persons should know, they could know. But that's up to them and their motivations. However, when it comes to the leaders of our country and the media, I don't feel that's something we should be willing to accept because they should know better, and most likely, they do know better. Their example and choices help to create who we are as a country. By mocking Harris here, there is an equal diminishing and disregard of blind people by indirectly saying that they don't deserve the consideration you expect for yourself when you're disadvantaged. 
They choose instead to represent a message that ignores equality, respect, and compassion, and in so doing, relegate the blind population as unimportant, resulting in missing out on all the gifts, talents, joys, and humor of our sisters and brothers. I encourage these leaders and influencers to think about the power of their words and to meet with the other to see what makes them tick. Rise above the easy takedowns or say to the faces of those you disagree with what you so callously pronounce in the safe confines of your bubble or say nothing at all. Think higher and raise the bar for all of us to be best. Why was this an issue? I believe these kinds of reactions are convenient and safe because they're blanketed within the world of enthusiastic supporters. Sadly, the ultimate result weakens us by creating a true divide, and typically it's ill-considered on purpose to arouse these followers, an occasion for an upper hand at the expense of an entire segment of the population is done without envisioning the collateral damage. I encourage you to always speak out against the mistreatment of others and boycott those who work to divide us and categorize us, strip us of our rights, and take away our dignity. From politicians who stand on a stage and mock a neurologically disabled person by mimicking their shaking and physical instability to commentators who laugh at those trying to be inclusive of everyone, there's no place for their kind when it comes to raising the character of each and every one of us in a human collective. It's time now for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip. Today's tip comes from Julie Kean, a mother of a child with disabilities, in her article entitled, What I Would Tell You. She says, I would tell you that your life will not resemble the life you had planned. It will be as though you landed in Holland instead of Italy. But after some time, you will adjust the dreams you had, and this reality will be normal to you. You will dream new dreams. Today's Good News Community Share comes from goodnewsnetwork.org. Teen builds bus stop shelter for five-year-old wheelchair user, protecting him from harsh weather. Teenagers have built a shelter for a five-year-old boy who uses a wheelchair after noticing he got wet while waiting for the school bus in winter. Five-year-old Ryan Killam has had to battle rain, wind, and snow for about 15 minutes every day using only a patio umbrella as protection. But after hearing about his problem, local students in Bradford, Rhode Island, got to work and built him his own bus shelter for the bottom of his driveway during their construction lessons. Ryder's father, Tim, said, Ryder uses it every day before school, and his nurses wait inside it every day while they wait for him to return home. He does like to go hang out in it a bit from time to time as his fort as well. This project brought our community together a bit. It showed that there is still so much good in this world and town. Ryder was born with spina bifida, myelomeningocele, and has never been able to walk. He started using a wheelchair when he was two years old. He started attending inclusionary preschool and every day had to be pushed 75 feet to the end of the road to wait for his school bus by his parents, Tim and Nakia. As Ryder was unable to rush for this bus if he was running late like his peers, this would often mean he'd have to wait for up to 15 minutes out in whatever weather there was. In September this year, just when Ryder started kindergarten, Tim decided to 
put up a patio umbrella at the end of the driveway to provide some shelter from the elements. Tim said that it was suggested to him that he reach out to the construction class at Westerly High and see if they would want to take on the project of building Ryder a bus stop hut. Tim sent Dan McKenna, who had been teaching construction technology at Westerly High School for 27 years, an email asking if he'd be interested in this kind of project. He responded with an absolutely, and then he worked with the students to design and build the hut, he said. Three of Mr. McKenna's classes worked hard on the project for numerous weeks, learning new skills through YouTube as they created the structure, motivated by the cause and knowing that soon snow would be falling. About $300 worth of wood was donated by Home Depot for the project, but the rest of the material was purchased by the Kilmans for $600, who were kept updated with photos throughout. The hut was finally delivered to the home six weeks later. Tim said, we were shocked. It was much bigger than we expected and allows such great access for Ryder and an adult to be with him comfortably. Ryder's first reaction was, holy cow, he loved it and wants to hang out in there all the time. I'd like to thank the Chirping Bird family outside my window for their accompaniment with today's show. And I want to thank you again for listening to this episode. And I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Special Ed Rising. Facebook at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button and or leave a review at the bottom of the podcast feed. And tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching, through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. I would love for you to share some of your stories, which I can add to the community share page of my website. With your permission, I'd love to share your submission with the audience. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to hear and learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.